Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Premier League Review Show. It's a show that senses panic in the offices of a game's governing body. On today's pod we're rejoicing in a much needed City win, where the performance encouraged as much as the result. We'll also be picking ourselves up after being knocked down by a feather this weekend, Spurs rubbish after playing well against us, an array of VAR cock-ups we're shocked I tell you, shocked. Joining me to make sense of his startling and entirely unexpected developments is, as ever, my top flight cohort, Tom Young. Hi, Tom. You there? You well? I am here. I am well and got and got a smile on my face after this weekend's football, which is nice. Yeah. It feels like it's been a while since I've had a I've had a pep in my step on a Monday morning, but that is the way after a, after a nice weekend for City. So happy days. Well, a nice City reference there. We're pepping your step as well. So uh... yeah, you see, you know what? That's that's off just off the top of the the old noggin there. No <laughs> no pre match preparation for that one. I'm quite proud of that one. I uh, I've got I've got to keep up with you somehow with these little one liners. So uh, whatever I can do, whatever I can do. Well, yes, we're in a good mood, so there's no need for any pep talks today. It's uh, <laughs> I've just copied yours to be honest. That was rubbish. Um, yeah, that was more like it, wasn't it, on on uh, Sunday? That was a lot more like it. Um, but before we get to the performance and the game itself, your reaction to the lineup? I've got to say, <laughs> I don't know if it's a case of world weariness when it comes to Pep Guardiola and his madness, but when I saw it, I kind of just thought, oh, just however the chips fall. You know what I mean? I, I didn't get wound up by it, although it was startling to see no left-back. <laughs> Um, how did you respond to it? Uh, well, I, th- I think I said on on Twitter when the when the team came out, I just said, "Well, I tweeted, I genuinely don't know where to start with this one." No, and that was no. that was the there were so many different ways you could look at it, you could interpret it. I think one way that I didn't look at it was Bernardo as a left back. That's how it ended up being. <laughs> I thought, I imagined when I first saw it, that it'd be a case of. Rodri dropping into that centre back role when um, when Villa had the ball and and sort of Laporte pushing out to left back and then transitioning into a three at the back with Rodri stepping forward when they had the ball and I think that for the most part that seemed to be the general consensus with City fans is that we'd see that obviously we saw Rodri play at centre half when we played Chelsea um, at Stamford Bridge not to any great success I will add but I thought excuse me I thought that might be the way that we go with it but. No, I couldn't. I couldn't have predicted what was to come. No. Uh, and it, but to be fair, who am I to question Pep? Because it, it played out just fine, didn't it? Well, yeah. And the odd thing was, okay, of course, Bernardo kind of filled in, you know, at left back on occasion. You could clearly see that. But essentially, we were playing without a left back. I mean, mm-hmm. that 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 space was deserted for for I wouldn't say for the most part, but for some of the game. So it was a case of okay, we'll just basically do without kind of you know one of the fundamental positions in in football, um, and then we'll have a midfielder dropping in and and you know filling in when needed. I mean, it goes. People joke about it, and obviously it's fair enough for us to joke about it. But when I see it in the media, people just kind of casually say, oh, it's another Pep Guardiola madness. It's like, hang on, we've just won 3-1. We've won titles. We've won, you know, all manner of silverware by by, playing with that centre-forward for two seasons. I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves. I, I think it's acknowledged, and, you know, it has to be acknowledged for people to joke about it. But beyond that, I don't think, and I've said it on this pod before, I've, I'm have i a sucker for kind of, you know, tactical books, um, you know, kind of um, 
uh, I can't remember the bloody hell, I can't remember the, the author's name, but, uh, but the one I've just finished recently um, has been booked by Jonathan Wilson on how football has evolved over the years and how, you know, kind of hungry changed things in the 1950s, how total football changed things in, in the 70s. I just can't believe that there isn't more journalists out there writing really good articles about how yeah. Pep does what he does because it's fascinating. It's crazy and it's fascinating and it works for the most part. Yeah, it's it, it's unbelievable. Like like we say, we as as fans and and as people who sort of work in the industry who watch City from objectively as fans, but then also as people who, who report on the club and, and write about about the Premier League, we don't have a clue where to start. And I don't think anyone anyone does with the, with Pep Guardiola because you just it's impossible to get inside that man's brain. Yes, we, we know yeah. we know it's revolutionised the the tiki-taka style of play that he kind of adopted from Cruyff and has, and has, and has brought to, to the English football to a case where you now see it across English football in pyramid teams trying to play this possession-based football, intricate build-up play that, that, that we have seen before Guardiola, but not to the extent that we've seen it since Guardiola has arrived. I think it is safe to say that Guardiola is the man who has brought that to English football. And you see, obviously... Arteta at Arsenal now the the most successful teams in England are playing yeah. this style of play which Guardiola revolutionised in in the way that he did but he's not happy with just just <laughs> finishing with one one revolutionary uh, takeover English football he's he's always and I think that's why Guardiola's been so successful and people will will sit there and say oh well it's easy to be successful with all that money yada 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 he only goes to clubs with a big budget and he only goes to the best teams but I think what makes Guardiola so successful is he he's always adapting and always finding new ways to to keep his team on which top. can annoy at times. I mean, yeah, know, and yeah, and, it, and and I will add, it doesn't always work. And I yeah. do think that the situation that City find themselves in now, with regards to the way in which he's playing, is due to a lack of resources. I think it is very circumstantial. I think if we had an obvious left back available to yeah. us, I don't think we'd be playing the way that we're playing. But Guardiola is that good a manager that he can he can find a way to get results out of this team without, like we say, the fullback role is a fundamental part of any football team, and we we lack a, a left back of the level that is required to to be a, a Premier League title challenging left back. Sergio Gomez isn't at that level yet, no. and he is our only natural left back in the squad. Ake obviously has done a really good job at left back this season, but again. He isn't a left back. He is a centre half. I mean, I think he's he could quite easily transition into a left back, and that could become his primary position. And I think at City, for the most part, we will see him deployed as a left back. But he isn't a left back. He wasn't signed as a left back. So Guardiola is making do with what he's got, but to great effect. Like we say yesterday, Bernardo Silva played there at times, and 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 he didn't look particularly out of place. Um, I will add that I think, and I think we saw it in the second half that. Bernardo at left back only works or will only really work to the level of success that we saw yesterday when mm. you've got Laporte and Diaz next to him or, or maybe yes, a Diaz definitely. and Stones. I think as, as good as Akanji is on the ball and Akanji is maybe a better ball playing centre-half than Diaz, he's more comfortable with the ball at his feet. He can probably pass the ball a little bit better. He's not as strong defensively that at, at, like, at, the, at the fundamental basics of being a centre-half that, that Diaz can do. And I think with 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 any combination of Laporte, Diaz and Stones next to whoever fills in that left-back role, I think it works. I don't think it would... 
I don't think it'd work with an Ake and an Akanji next to him because I just don't think they're quite as strong defensively as, as your Diaz Stones and uh, and Laporte are. So it worked with with the way we set up yesterday, but I don't think I'd like to see it if it wasn't with with two of the the three mentioned uh, next to him. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point. Um, I, I think just kind of looking as as an overview of City in general and you know what Pep Guardiola has has done, it's kind of always stated after the fact, and it's very typical of how the media kind of portray City and and kind of, you know, not diminish us, but don't give us the kind of credit we deserve because there is very little substance there in their reporting. So it's it's often said, oh, City are sublime, they're wonderful, they're brilliant, they're a magnificent footballing team. But there's no details, there's no celebration of those details, a complete absence of that, in fact. And I'm sorry to bring this up and kind of you know compare to to, to Liverpool. It's a, it's a cheap one to say this, but it's true nonetheless that if this was Liverpool playing without a left back, for example, yesterday, there'd, there'd be all manner of articles about it today, all across the Athletic, saying you know Klopp's a genius, he's revolutionising uh, English football, uh, and certainly the same could be said for City as a whole. You know, if you transport what Guardiola's done to any other club let's face it, you know, another club uh, near to us in Old Trafford there, that would, I mean, I know his book's been written, but in terms of the day-to-day examination and celebration of Pep Guardiola's invention, is, it's just, it's not, they're not there. They're just not not readily available. People aren't writing about it with any enthusiasm. They're basically saying, oh, Pep's done a madness. This is, you know, City are brilliant. But these are just kind of, back-end results of what he is. There's no examination of, you know, how he's got to that point. Um, and again, the most depressing thing is there's no celebration of it. Um, yeah. And it, it can annoy that. It really can. As someone who's fascinated, as I say, in, you know, the history of evolution of, of, of football, because what we're witnessing now is something very, very special indeed, the last kind of, you know, yeah. seven or eight years. And and I hope maybe this this... This shortcoming will be rectified in years to come, and there will be yeah. documentaries made and books written, and and you know a proper examination of what he's doing because it's incredible. It's yeah, we played a Premier League side with no left back yesterday. Yeah, and 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 it, 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 a good Premier League side, yeah, like yeah. Aston Villa. Yeah. It's not like we were playing a. With, with all due respect to sort of your Southampton, your Bournemouth, it's not like we're playing a struggling team at home. We're playing a Villa team who have looked good since Emery's come in, with the exception of they weren't great against Leicester last week. But they've had some good results and they've been playing some good football. And we, like you say, we went without a left back, and and that first half was as good as I've seen from City post World Cup. Probably as good as I've seen from City since sort of we beat United in back in September. So it was it was domination in that first half. Mm. We really did take them to the cleaners and. We, we kind of took the foot off the gas a little bit in the second half and we weren't quite as good. And obviously changes were made. Haaland and Diaz came off and it maybe maybe sort of uh, hindered sort of the, the momentum that we built in that first half. Or whatever the reason was, we weren't as good in the second half. I think it's plain for everyone to see. But I think it's, you mentioned it that you think in years to come, they might be sort of hopefully these, these books and documentaries about Guardiola and, and, and the way in which he's he's revolutionised football in England. And, and I think it's very much the case of we don't really realise, uh, well, we, we certainly realise, but I don't think a lot of people realise how lucky they are to mm. be living through this Guardiola time where, I, again, as you say, as fans of, of football who who love the game of football and the evolution of football, 
we're witnessing something here with Guardiola that is seldom seen where a manager is just he, he a lot of these managers probably sit down in the in their conferences and they have these ideas about it sorry in the in their meetings and they have these ideas these crazy ideas that they probably note down but never in a million years would yeah. think of actually of actually doing or actually having the the cojones to go out on on a Premier League pitch and and play without a left back or do what Guardiola does the, as consistently as he does it. So, um, yeah, I think we don't realise quite how lucky we are. Or well, like I said, I don't think enough people realise quite how lucky we are as as a as fans of football to to be able to watch Guardiola bringing these crazy ideas to life because it's fascinating. And he's not going to stop here. We'll we'll see. We'll see plenty more very, um, very strange, very <laughs> non-traditional methods coming from uh, from the teams of Pep Guardiola before his time in, a, in the Premier League comes to an end. I think that's a really good point you make there about having the cojones because the ideas that he comes up with, for the most part, of course, some are just pure genius, but for the most part, that you know, other coaches could could easily conceive them, you know. Even yeah, like yeah. Nathan Jones, for example, <laughs> come up with the idea. You know what? That's kind of not play with a left back because I'm struggling yeah. to get a good. You know, I don't really have a, a, a left back I trust in the squad. Let's do with that. But you're not going to actually go through through with it. Yeah, no, exactly. This is it, and Guardiola does, and it's fascinating. It really yeah. is. Fascinating. And, and, and then you look at kind of what we were talking about on the podcast last week, and and, and you know in. In anticipation of this game, and we were talking about how Villa are going to be really dangerous on the break. Um, you look at Leon Bailey, very potentially yeah. his mo- the most impactful player in that regard. You know, a really pacey player who plays on predominantly on the right, and so we do without a left back. And it's it's crazy when you think about it, and yet it worked, and it worked. I think. I mean, we can kind of break down the performance, but. A big part of it, I believe, was the fact that we scored early. And I think Rodri alluded to that as well in his post-match interview. He, he said, yeah. you know, kind of what that meant, what that meant to how they play. Um, because with an advantage, obviously, then we, City can concentrate on having control of the game. Um, and it's such a fundamental part, I think, of City's success, particularly last season, was how many goals were scored early. And we just haven't this year. We just haven't. And yeah. To score in the fourth minute, as soon as that went in, I thought, yeah, here we go. We could really kind of boss these about. And we did. Um, as you say, particularly in the first half. What did you see that was different kind of this weekend to what we saw against Tottenham? What what were the big improvements? I you know what? I don't I don't I don't think and it see it sounds mad to say obviously we were beaten by the Spurs, we were beaten quite comfortably, but I think that the the first fifteen minutes against Villa weren't dissimilar to the first 15 minutes yeah. against Spurs. Yeah, the, the difference was that we scored that early goal that we, like you say, we just haven't done this season. We've had we've had plenty of games where we started games positively, not scored, gone behind. The exact scenario we saw at Spurs and then we, for whatever reason, we panicked. We, we kind of, we then struggled to find a way back into the game. I do genuinely think the difference this weekend was the fact that we scored that goal when we did. We scored that early goal and it alleviates that little bit of pressure. The shackles come off a little bit and it just allows us to play football. And when, when we've got that sort of that spring in our step that we get when we do when we do go ahead early, like I 
I've, I, it's rare that we lose games when we go ahead. I think there was a yeah. stat about about Guardiola's teams. I think, with the exception of when we when we got beat at Old Trafford, I, I think that was the first time in however long we'd we'd lost a Premier League game from a winning position under Guardiola. I don't know what the exact length of time was, but we are we are front runners. City. We are a team where if we get if we get the advantage early in the game, I, I don't. I rare, you rarely see us drop points and. I just think it was the the difference between Villa and Spurs was that we scored that goal, and I think if we'd have gone and scored early at Spurs, like our first fifteen twenty minutes warranted, I think we'd have, we'd have, we'd have probably gone on and won that game as well. So it's just like you say, we we have been known to be a team in the past who score early goals and who, who take the game by the scruff of the net right from the get go, and we just for whatever reason haven't done that this season. But I don't, I don't, I didn't see a glaringly obvious difference. In, in why why we were so much better this weekend. I, I don't know what that was, which is strange because we were so, so much better. So, yes, it, it's, it's a really odd one. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.